My eyes open, I'm hoping that my wallet isn't far I got a really strong feeling it's still chilling at the bar So I drop the blind, sun shines in my face But dude, where's my car? It ain't in the right place Let's see, the last time I had it, I was half in the back And I was whipping through town with some rap music Blasting backseat for the twisted souls We killed the dirty fireball and a couple bowls It's how we do it. And it was just about the proper time to drop the vehicle I swang it in the Alright, alright, welcome back to another installment of Beneath the bar i'm adam philpot joined with my co-host mackenzie quinn producer jason j bird vizina another exciting episode for you a lot going on we, we got a special guest here um but before we get into that we gotta gotta give a quick shout out to our sponsor neptune's harvest if you haven't checked them out yet i don't know what you're waiting for hit them up for all your agricultural needs let's get it going people and we yeah, also have some special birthday shout outs for some siblings to the pod. Uh, today is my sister Emily Philpot's birthday. Uh, happy 29th birthday to you, Emily. I love you. Hope you had a great day, as good as it could be given the circumstances. I love, and, uh, love you too, Emily. Not to be missed. Yeah, in Jaybird, I believe you have a birthday in the family as well. Yeah, my sister also. I believe she's 32. I cannot confirm with 100% uh, certainty, but happy birthday to Yelly514, AOL screen name. Uh, I mean, if we're giving shout-outs, I'm going to give Shelly Philpott a shout-out as well. <laughs> happy birthday, Michelle. I can't believe yeah. you left your mother. It was her birthday 24 hours ago. Yeah, belated birthday, May 13th. Happy birthday so, to you as well, Mom. So Love she you. Should- does she roll Mother's Day into her birthday every year? Because that's un- that's good for you. You only have to get like kind of one really nice present for her. Yeah, you just got to step up that one day. You got to come up big. I, I got a feeling John's probably not doing much to help out with that. He's doing the best he can. You know, he's he's a college student. You know the grind. But <laughs> nonetheless, uh, my last shout out. I got to give one. I told him I'd shout out my guy, Derek Murphy. Happy birthday, my dude. Uh, played with him at Bates College, took me under his wing. Uh, he was my recruiting host. We go, we go way back. Many, many stories. Uh, love you, bud. He's on his way out. He's shipping out to Phoenix. New gig. Uh, hope that all goes well. Ladies might want to do a little quarantine lean before he, before he ships out. Anyways, now let's bring on what we've all came here. Our much-ado guest and... What we'll interpret as a new sponsor to the pod as well. We have Sorry. Dylan Mackey with us, Glossa High School legend, Northeastern alum, baseball <laughs> team, and the founder of the Mackey Moving Company, our newest sponsor. Hit that with a yeah. horn. Yeah. Let's get it. Sticks, great to Shout have out you, buddy. How we feeling? Shout out to for having me on. We're feeling good. We're feeling good, boys. Yeah, baby. Just- talking about. Hell yeah. Quick question, Phil. What do you get your mom for Mother's Day slash your birthday? You said you had to go big, so I'm curious. Yeah. So the good thing about having siblings is you can just combine, especially when you have like a sister because she just takes control of the situation. Well, we got her a gift certificate. To unfortunately, the I I don't have a sister. I have a little brother who hasn't bought my mother a present in like six years. <laughs> so he he's running the show right now. But I gotta say, I've I've held. I've held the own for the brothers, for my parents, on Christmas, birthdays, and everything for, like, the past six years. Uh, I'll, I'll get a call once in a while and saying, hey, uh, what do I owe you for all that? It's usually in February after Christmas, but uh, we, yeah. we, usually, we usually split it up over some fantasy football winnings. 
But um, besides, it, it's Mother's Day is a hanging plant. That's it. It's a walking hanging plant. Mom has a hanging plant. She could kill him in about eight days, so you know she could always use a new one. You can't go wrong with a hanging plant. Can't go wrong with plants. That's right. I'm a, I'm a homemade card guy every time. If it's not a homemade card, that's all she wants. It's like the same card oh. since I was like, I like pulled it right, put a card on it, like, I love you, Mom. And it's home because it's got oh. your handwriting and she knows it was you. And I know she has them all saved somewhere in a drawer, like upstairs. So like, <laughs> I think it's only right. Uh, give us the give us the rundown on uh, the up and coming Mackie Moving Company. Uh, tell tell the viewers and uh, tell us a little bit about how that's going. Mackie Moving Company, it's 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 going really well for being about six months old now. I uh, I was working in recruiting for like five years with uh, my. Jadicino, shout out, PowerPoint, shout out, great squad up there. Um, but I was just ready to ready to shake things up. So quit. My brother and I, we've been moving furniture since the fucking since the dawn of time, decided to to start our own company. We had the tutelage of uh, affordable moving and Billy Fulford back in the day. And you know, shout out, shout out. That's tough. That's tough work. Oh, that's the legend of the moving game. You can see that affordable edge. moving truck anywhere on Washington Street. Exactly, exactly. Shout out Billy Fulford, uh, 3rd of July party, best party on the block. I mean, since I was of age to drink at about 16, Billy Fulford <laughs> ripping the slushes and everybody oh, over there. Billy, Jenna, uh, Irene, Megan, Alicia, we got to bring that back for the old days. I mean, we used to get 40 people there. Either side of the road, but um, that's the best Lady July party in town, and uh, Billy's a staple in the moving game. Seems to have taught the Mackies a few things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're cruising in. Um, we've been starting off pretty hot. You know, we were real busy in the beginning. Obviously, slowed down during this this whole pandemic, but um, it's uh, it's a good business. You know, there's not too much overhead, and we just kind of. Dale, I have a question. Who, whose beautiful Mackie mind did this come from? Was it you, Christian, maybe Bill? <laughs> well, I mean, Bill, you know, passed down the just the just the genetics, the hard the hard work, and fucking go to work every day. He worked forty four years at Gloucester Engineering, like a savage. Shout out, Wild uh, Bill. Wild Bill, fucking shout out. We'll throw one down for that. But uh, Christian, Christian doesn't have. Christian's a good businessman, but he doesn't—he doesn't know how to count. Or no, he's, he's okay with numbers. He doesn't know how to spell. He probably can't spell Mackie. He's got a tough time. If you ever see him trying to spell lasagna or something, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and, and, so I got to do it. I do all the behind-the-scenes, back-office stuff, but he uh, kind of runs the operations and keeps things moving. You know, we, we knew we were going to do this for a while. There's a saying. Uh, I believe it's the company that you keep. I don't know if any of Christian's friends can spell lasagna. If we're being honest. That's that's actually very true. Sonia's not the best to go off of, though. That's the tough word. Yeah, they hide a letter in there. It's silent. Christian Christian didn't even know what year. The other someone he wrote a check and he was two years off on on what year it was. <laughs> no. <laughs> Last year he wrote 2017 on a check. He's like, what year is it? 20, oh, 2018. My bad. And then he scribbled yeah. it. And he's like, oh shit. So you know, he's got a lot in his mind. Like, yeah. We got, yeah. but now we got you got baby Jude, the fattest, cutest baby in the game, and uh, he's doing a lot with the uh, the Sunrise Fund and, and uh, trying to keep people, you know, help people in recovery and whatnot. So he's doing a lot. 
So I try to do what I can too. Well, uh, we'll give that a shout out towards the end too. We'll get into that because I know they run a, a great organization. They have a, they're going to have a, are they having the golf tournament again? I, I heard the golf tournament was a huge success last year. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Hopefully, I mean, depending on what's going on, we we're planning on it, but uh, a lot of good people involved in that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So let's let's maximize the business opportunity while we while we have you on here. So Mackie Moving Company, I'm I'm assuming not just residential, you guys will do it all residential, commercial. I mean, we have a a plethora of listeners on here. So what do you got? You, you do it all, right? Do it all. We do it all. Residential, commercial. I mean, a lot of the business residential, but we've moved out. You know, big offices. We do a yeah. lot of work. Um, we work with some realtors and some interior designers who introduce us to a lot of different companies and whatnot. Who we help out, and uh, we we just you know get you go with the other companies, and it's just a couple of random guys that don't know what they're doing. But we've been working for like combined like thirty years just between us two, um, so we know what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, it goes really well. We just, we moved someone down. We moved two 26 foot trucks and a 20 foot truck, took it all the way down to North Carolina in Charlotte and, uh, moved an absolute mansion down there. Um, that was the biggest job I've ever been on. And that was pretty, that was a wild trip. Just, just drove, just drove through the night, worked two days straight down. Once we got down there, it was like an entire week for that job is it was legit. Yeah. So we can do we can do it all, and we kept everything safe in the long trip. It's kind of tough to do. We packed here's, the trucks to the rim. Here's the big question, at least in my mind. Do you guys have you? You know, you're obviously you're, it's up and coming business. Have you developed a slogan at all? Like I'm no Edgar Allan Poe, but the first thing that comes to mind for me is you know, moving and grooving, Mackie moving. <laughs> <laughs> you said moving twice, but I mean it's still pretty good. Moving and grooving with Mackie moving. I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. But it, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, we were trying to think of something. It's like, we were trying to think of something good. We don't have a slogan yet. It's like, you thinking moving? You're calling Mackie. Something like that, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right to the that. point. I no, no, I don't know. Something to do with no. it's a, you know, alliteration. That's, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Delete it. Delete it. That's awesome. Uh, we, boys at Beneath the Bar, wish all the best for Mackie moving company. If you're listening, be sure to check them out. If you've got a move coming sure. up, those are the guys you want to go to. They've been in the business for a, a while now. They definitely know what they're doing. Again, we're here with Dylan Mackey, uh, Gloucester's very own three-sport athlete at Gloucester High School. Moved on to Northeastern, played some baseball there, um, had some huge success. Um, and, and now let's get down to the brass tacks of it, Dill. So obviously you were you know, tremendous athlete at Gloucester High School. We'll get into your college career a little bit later. Just tell us about kind of your experience playing athletics at Gloucester High School. Um, kind of some of the some of your better memories there. Man, I mean, all I knew growing up since I grew up to like the age of 18 was sports, school, and hanging out with your buddies. That's literally, that was my life. It was uh, when I wasn't playing sports, I was getting chirped by my mom to do my homework, um, you know, so I, uh, I'm, I was lucky. I also lived in Lanesville, which kept me kept me away from all the troublemakers downtown. Um, so I was kind of stuck in Lanesville, had to get my shit done. Uh, but uh, playing playing three sports was great. As a, I mean, obviously, baseball is what I what I what I ended up doing. But I was really close to going to play football growing up. I was kind of I was kind of soft. I skipped 
basically every difficult year of football that you could. <laughs> I was kind of C team football. I remember I got the, the wind knocked out of me and I was like, see you later. So I quit. And then uh, I didn't play my younger year of B team. I only played when I was older. Then I'd skip my younger year of A team, only played when I was older. And then I also skipped my sophomore year of high school year of football. So I just kind of, when I was playing, I was I was succeeding. It was kind of a cheap way out. Bill, I, I had no idea that it, it was kind of a decision whether we were going to play baseball or football in college. Um, I know where we ended up at Northeastern. Uh, what was uh, the football track? Uh, were there any offers on the table you could have won and played? Uh, yeah, I mean, Ingram was, was pushing me to play football. I was getting a lot more attention for football than I was for uh, than I was for baseball. I thought baseball, I had the best opportunity to, to do something, maybe maybe get drafted at some point. Um, but uh, football was giving me a lot more attention. <clears throat> so, yeah, junior year, Holy Cross reached out to me and said there'd be a spot in their team. Um, and then uh, senior year, Fordham, Fordham said there'd be a spot in their team for me. So I was like, all right, that sounds good. I really wanted to play baseball, so I just started going out to – this is after I had applied to colleges, so – uh, I went to <clears throat> Northeastern Showcase, and I was sitting like 89 on the gun. And um, they were like, "Oh, you know, I know you might might be too late, whatever, but you know, we'd love to, we'd love to have you here." And I was like, "I already applied to Northeastern. I'm in the honors program." And they were like, "Well, fucking, let's go." <laughs> so <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> so so I was like, you know, Northeastern D1 in Boston, although you know D1 AA, it's um, I thought that was my best opportunity. Uh, I knew some of the guys that were going to be on the team, and uh, obviously they play the Sox and shit. So I was like, "Hell yeah, staying close to home." At yeah. what point? At what point did they think that this might be too late? Because I'm yeah. just thinking of like the run we made your senior year, my junior year. When I mean you were pumping, I mean we went, we went to those big uh, stadiums. You were pumping about 92 on the gun at Little Walker. Uh, is this before that happened, or is this towards the end of like graduation type time? That was before, but it wasn't. It was senior. It was it was it was during the season where I went to Northeastern, I think. And um, yeah, I know because our coach, Coach Gla- uh, Tom Glavin, uh, or Mike Glavin, Tom Glavin's brother, name uh, drop, Tommy. His brother uh, was the, he's not the head coach, but he was the hitting coach then, and he was at the game watching a couple couple uh, kids, my boy Pete Castoldi um, on St. John's Prep, and and Carmaine, another kid on the prep. <laughs> And uh, they, um, so he was there, and then, and then I, I, I decided to commit. So he was watching all three of us in that game, the game that I threw 170 pitches. So he wasn't. Hey, he was shout kind of, out, yeah. shout out, huge trivia question to that game. You threw about 170 pitches. There was one kid who threw five and got the win. He might be sitting <laughs> on the couch. I don't know who it was. <laughs> I don't know who it was. Oh, that was classic. I hope. Yeah, well, well, we'll get into uh, you know the college and, and your experience at Northeastern a little later. But I do want to touch on that run uh, you had with Gloucester baseball in your senior year. Um, I believe it still stands the farthest Gloucester's made it in the tournament. Um, Mackenzie, obviously, you were on that team, and I was fortunate to be a, a call up for that tournament run, so I, I was able to get like a front row view of that. Um, just an incredible, incredible run for Gloucester going up against, you know, some of the best baseball teams at that time, Division One um, in the state, you know, the St. John's Preps and the BC Highs. Um, and we were just, you know, that team was just loaded and loaded with talent. Obviously, you, 
Um, but Cusick went on to UMass. Trevor Curley was an animal. Um, you had Burbine and Alvesy and all those guys. Uh, at what point in the season did you did you think, you know, maybe we have a legit run at this thing here? Uh my our junior year, I was I thought I thought we had a we had a good chance. So I think the whole the whole literally like preseason, we thought we were gonna fucking we knew we knew what we had. We fucking yeah. We thought we were gonna dominate. I mean, it was um, it's tough coming from a small. You play you play some of the other teams that kind of that are kind of trash to be honest. And then you go up against. And, but it was nice like playing the prep in the beginning of the year, um, and playing some of those teams and seeing what they got because obviously they got some ball players. You know, playing against like Yastrzemski, who hit fucking the ridiculous, who hit a bunch of home runs one week last year, and who's going off for the Giants out of nowhere. Uh, but you know, playing those guys and seeing that. But you know, we had some tough games. We played Lawrence, I think, in the round round one, and I pitched yeah. ten innings. I pitched ten innings, 150 pitches. I think we won like two to one. I think we actually won that game. Pass Cusick ball. was on. Th- Cusick pass was on third. Ball, no, not, yeah. not just the pass ball. A swinging strikeout by myself. Everybody forgets that though. I only remembered nope. the run. Cusick swiping yeah. home. That's all nope. I remember. Nope. I my eyes. I can hit a slider to save my life. Like my eyes just can't fucking pick it up. And uh, kid threw a fucking slider. Took a big hack. Whiffed. Pass ball. I'm running to first base and I'm fucking like yeah. Just Cusick <laughs> scores. <laughs> we get the dub. Never been so happy to K up. It was fucking. Unbelievable. During that run, we played, in my opinion, three of the top six teams in the state at that point. You brought up the Lawrence game when you guys kind of took it down. And then we go into Lincoln Sudbury, number one team in the state. They have six kids going D1. Meanwhile, we're all a bunch of guys who kind of used to, <laughs> used to strap yep. at a younger age, didn't really have yeah. anybody. I mean, U and Q went uh, D1. We had a lot of talent on that team, whether it be – Curly spent a year at Bunker Hill. I mean, personally, the coolest part about that run is, besides all the talent we played, we had so many kids on that team that really didn't, like, anywhere else they play and shine and really didn't get the recognition they deserved. Like, Chinky was an absolute stud. Alves, showed off in the playoffs by a million. I mean, he might have hit 360 in the year. Um, Taramina, Schmitty, I mean, Schmitty might be the best high school pitcher that never got any love. And then he diced BC high up. But um, I, I personally do think that if we're, if we're going to, I mean, we didn't win the state tournament, but I think we were 1A as, as the team in the state who could have played anybody and really yeah. not out of place. Yeah, we should have beat BC high that that game. We I think we loaded the bases in the first inning. We only had one out. Yep. And uh, and then we and then, and then it kind of fell apart from there, which kind of yep. sucked, but. Let's I remember talk about, uh, the game before a little bit. That St. John's prep game, that's kind of the one that sticks out in my mind on the whole run. That just Big home crowd that game. That was fun. Just because of everything that played out. I mean, just to give the listeners a little uh, preface on what happened. So you started the game pitching. You go, what, 150 roughly? Yeah, probably. 150. Um, I forget that, the score at that point. Yeah, that, that umpire, uh, that umpire was the worst. The straight strike zone was this big, dude. I I walked more people than I've ever walked in that game. It was crazy. So you come out, and Kenny probably remembers this better than I do. I was I was just on the bench eating a. Uh, I had a Subway Italian BMT, 
Yeah. I was actually eating on the bench throughout the course of the game. We have photo evidence. <laughs> but so you come out of the game after throwing 150 pitches, go to shortstop, and then take us, Kenny, take us through the sequence of events from there. So this, I'll go like early on, like so. Mackie was our shot starting shortstop in our one one A pitcher. So whenever Dill would pitch, I would play short. I wouldn't hit. And then whenever he was done playing, whenever he was done pitching, he would go back to short, as it should have been. And I would, Joe would call me up to, to the plate in, like, the big points of games and look at me and say, hey, you, you know what you're doing, right? And that was the cue to bunt. Like, <laughs> yeah, Joe, I know I don't hit. Like, I'm going to bunt, whatever. So in this game, Mackey's a starter, so I play shortstop for the first five, six innings or so. And Joe takes him out, so naturally – uh. Luke Quaid RL just comes in and Dill goes back to short um, and I go sit on the bench. And like in my mind, being a junior, I haven't really ever done this before. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm done for the night. So I'm kicking it with the boys. Like we're feeling (laughs) St. John's and uh, Luke ended up not recording an out by way of pitching. Cahill threw two, maybe two and a half guys out in that inning on the bases. (laughs) But um, he struggled a little bit. Great pitcher. Didn't just didn't have his night. And uh, after Dill threw 150 so pitches, we get we get the signal from Joe. He taps taps the arm a little bit, and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And he grabs Dylan from short again. And like at this point, I'm kind of clueless still. I'm just kicking it. I don't have my glove or anything in the dugout. And everyone's like, dude, get your glove. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And, like, people start yelling at me. I, I have to go to short because Dill's coming back in to pitch. And, like, at this point, I'm thinking major league rules. Don't really know what's going on. Can't go back. Yeah. In. But I go back to shortstop, and Dill's back nice on the stuff. mound after. I mean, I don't even know what the hell's left in his arm. Well, this, so, uh, the thing is, this was a Friday, and we played Lawrence on a Monday. I threw 150 against Lawrence on a Monday. So this is four four days later for me. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, that's insane. Through over 300 pitches in a and week. At this point, I have to say, we had one of the most talented pitching staffs in the state. That I mean, but what, we did have two horses that just took control because they were so good, Dylan and Taylor Burbine. I mean, two tremendous years. And obviously, I mean, Joe, we can't expect much out of. But he rode two kids who he rode two kids who could do it. So I, I don't blame him for what he did in the playoffs. He rode his two horses, guys who were dominant. But so like I'm back at shortstop and I'm I'm still confused at this point. And I was confused too. I, park, I I was I couldn't believe it. I'm like my I can't even fucking feel my arm. The park at the park at wool is absolutely jammed. And this is more people like and you got the bowl setting with the seats. So it's something yeah. we've really never seen. And we're just going with one of the top teams in the state, this bunch of firepower. We're just a bunch of dogs playing. And it got to the point where Dill was clearly out of gas. I mean, who wouldn't be after throwing four games in one week? And um, Joe called me in. And, I mean, that was just crazy at that point. I, I had really – I had I had some a little bit of legs under me, and I get on the mound, bases are loaded – Dale, I mean, Dale's teammate at Northeastern, one of the best players in the state at that point, up to bat. And I pitched the, the week before at Lincoln Sudbury, number one team in the state. And I really had no nerves. But for some reason, I'm on the mound right now, bases juiced. And 
best friend in the world, Brett Cahill, my catcher, been my catcher for like 12 years, throws the shake sand. He threw the shake down to me. And in my mind, I just see two fingers and I'm like, oh, curveball. I throw a curveball in the fucking dirt. He dives to the other batter's box, picks it, looks at me, takes his mask off in the middle of the biggest game we've ever played in. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, oh, man, I just threw a curveball in the shake. Like, what's going on? So I'm out of it a little bit. I ended up getting Carmine, I think, two and two. I threw a hanging curve, uh, hanging change up, and he hit it about. Oh, my six, God. I remember that. The hard top tank into the deep night, brand new oh. ball. I put oh my, my head down, thought it was over. Cahill yeah. tapped me on the ass. He goes, Connor caught it. So he hit it about 369 on the button. The fence was 370, though, so we escaped that a little bit. Yeah, I remember Cahill. Yeah, was outfield, just... outfield. We had a fucking serious. We had so much oh. speed in our outfield. It was unbelievable. Yeah, with Ross, Burbine, Alvesy out there. Connor. I, I remember Cahill just being an absolute beast behind the dish that whole run. Um, just shooting guys out left and right. Uh, hey, we, we have to bring up the fact that it, during the year, he might have thrown three guys out in like 20 games. Yeah, and he threw out maybe nine for nine in the playoffs. Just absolutely. And nobody was even close, dude. He brought his game. And I mean, to this point, that was my fa- probably my favorite point in my life. We just, with all the boys, just riding the bus, uh, big games. The city was behind everybody and so much uh, talent. The pic- those pictures bring it back when we're all just fucking yeah, going the, 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 the pictures are all time. Um, yeah. We'll try to get some awesome. of this up for you guys if we can. One funny, funny story while we're talking about Cahill in that game is me is just a call up. I'm spending the whole game on the bench. So I'm just taking it all in. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm a sophomore. We're ripping it. I got my JV uni on, so I don't even have a matching uniform with the boys. Cahill <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> gets to first base, and uh, Joe is like, Philpott put a helmet on. So I'm like, I got like half of half a sub down, Italian BMT loaded, um, lettuce, tomato, hot, uh, banana peppers. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. So I slap my helmet on, you know, try to give a couple of those leg shakes that like make it seem like you're getting loose, but you're not really getting loose. So I trot out to first base. And uh, I remember Chris Carmain was playing first base at the time. And... <laughs> I get out there, and I think anybody else on the team would have just been like, all right, go get him, Adam. But Cahill being Cahill was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm out here to pinch run for you. And he's like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leaving. Like, I'm not getting off the base. So it turned into, like, a little standoff. And I kind of – I didn't know what to do. You know, I'm just out there. I look back at Joe, uh, kind of, like, giving him a look of, like, this guy's not leaving the base. And Cahill's like, no. And it went, it was like just enough to be awkwardly long where people are like, what the fuck's going on there? <laughs> I remember that. But, but finally, uh, Cahill gets off the bag. So I, I got a little burn in that game, which was sweet, you know? I think I right. ended up actually score. I think Q hit a double. I think I actually ended up coming around on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was big. Unscored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put, it on the, put it on the books. Shut so up, fun. Shout out Mr. Cox, because for, I mean, my last two years of high school, he gave people thousands of photos, like professional oh, photos, capturing everybody's joy without asking for anything. He kind of mm-hmm. just showed up to the bank and was, I mean, he was the absolute man. 
But um, yeah. with the yeah. chemistry in that team was fucking unreal. I mean, I think it started the year before. Jake Alves called us the we were the FWA, the Fishman with Attitude, and then because uh, like <clears throat> my sophomore year, it was it definitely didn't feel the same. We weren't we wasn't the same kind of type of group that like we had without the with that whole squad. My senior year, it was like we were just tight. Everyone, even you know, some guys knew they weren't gonna get get a lot of time, but like didn't they matter. were fucking. They, they yeah. didn't matter at all. They were like a hundred percent committed, like doing whatever they could to help the team win. Like the attitude was, everyone was so positive. Um, like that's just one of the best teams you can ask for. Last team, last thing I want to touch on is like I think this had a lot to do with it. We um that they used to ESPN put out like a Rise magazine back in the day. And it just had like North North Shore, Northeast type high school uh, stars in it, and they had like four kids from St. John's on the cover one year, and that magazine is plastered around the hallway, and it just got <laughs> to the point where like they beat us up once in the middle in the beginning of the year, and then we kind of I I personally I saw I didn't even play that much, but we saw that, and uh, they have four of those guys we. We might have labeled them as a couple of pretty boys. They all went on to do some pretty cool stuff, but uh, that might have lit the fire a little bit, and we um, we definitely didn't want to take another L to them. Just a bunch. <clears throat> Honestly, it was just junkyard dog mentality. Um, I tell a lot of people this. A lot of places like uh, around us, people go to people go to St. John's and everything. Everybody that was meant to be on that team was there. Nobody left. Nobody went to a prep school. And uh, all the boys we grew up playing baseball with were there and kind of took control. Yeah, it was awesome. If you remember that St. John's prep game, the, the first one that I started, I ended up I was on first base and I dove back in and popped my shoulder out. So I missed like I don't know, most missed like five, I don't know, six, seven, eight games maybe that year. And I mean, um, we're not. I was I I was so I was so pissed. I wanted to get him back so bad because I only got to pitch like one inning against them. And ended up when I got surgery later. My, apparently my shoulder was out the entire year that I played. <laughs> That's crazy, but we would also be remiss if we didn't mention you just casually walking up to the other side of the plate and hitting tanks out of O'Malley for about two years. One of them in a playoff game, I believe, too, and just walking up left-handed like it's not a big deal and taking balls out. So we got we to gotta backtrack a little bit here and talk about uh, the game during April vacation. It was a Saturday morning game. Uh, had been out, you know, hitting grand puzzle, cough medicine a little bit the night before, uh, feeling nice. <laughs> we woke up next day, had to hit the old ball field. Uh, you're on the mound. Uh, walk us through the next sequence of events and uh, how, how the equilibrium was. Whew, that was one of the – that was that was a good one. First of all, <laughs> I got to shout out to Connor Russell. Him, we, uh, we were up until like – I think we slept for like an hour maybe. We were like some girl named Crystal Phoenix. We were at her house and we uh, just got absolutely hammered. We smoked a joint with a taxi driver and we got the, we got the cops calling us on the way driving to the game in Connor's truck. Cause I yelled out the window is a chicken, a bird. And they thought I said something weird. And, and um, Don Russell called Connor. He's like, Hey, uh, somebody just uh, checked your license plate. I don't know. We were just fucking being idiots. And we get, we get on the bus, we get in there. I'm, I'm warming up with Cahill. I'm like, I'm like pitching him some, like, I'm like, maybe we should try some new ideas. Like I'm a, 
you know, do a fake curveball, throw a fastball type stuff. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm warming up. I'm just chucking balls off the fence behind him left and right. Like Joe's like starting to give me shit. Like, I think there's something, I think he might be a little drunk or something. And like, I think, I think Connor's mom like stuck up for me and like, what are you talking? Like, it was like a whole thing after the game too. Like they like chirping us for being drunk, but <laughs> it was like my parents were there. I was like, shit, this is terrible. Um, but it was Danvers and they weren't that good. So we're like, whatever. They had a really good coach though. And they were like good, like organized oh, team. Fuck that. No, fraud your day. We ain't giving him good coach. Day. He was a good coach. Like he was with that talent on that team, which was pretty trash. Like he made him decent. Cause just cause he was like, just was so strict with like how they, I mean, it was, just, they, were, they had the most hardo infield before they, they did fake overthrows and stuff like that was ridiculous. Like, fuck you for that. But, um, dude, I'm up there. I am. First guy, I get 0-2. I'm like, this shit's easy. I'm like, I'm like, here comes the fake fucking curveball. No, here comes the fake. I I I I won like this with my arm. Like, I'm coming in like a fucking curveball. And I was like, I switched to a fastball and I fucking pegged him. <laughs> and and pegged him. I look over at Curly. We had our thing. I I did the old fake pickoff, went over, threw it slow, came back in, did the quick pickoff, picked him off. One out. Next guy walked him, did the exact same thing. <laughs> Slow pick, quick pick, picked him off. I picked off the next guy because I hit him. I hit, I hit slash walked three guys in the first inning and I picked them all off. And then the, the start of the next inning, I, I think the kid, I don't know if he got a hit, but he was on first. I picked off the first four batters of the game. That's incredible. But That's from definitely there, never been done before. No, the first four outs of the game were were picked picked off from first base. It was fuck. It was ridiculous. Me and Trevor were just dying laughing, and uh, but I couldn't. But I sucked that game, man. I could, it was fucking hammered. I was just like I couldn't throw. I had no idea where the ball was going. I was like trying new things. I was like, oh, I'll throw a little. Maybe I'll throw a little submarine here, just pegging guys left and right. And I remember I struck out one of the worst strikeouts of my life. Oh, I swung at three straight pitches, and. The first one was a fastball, just high, swung as high as I could. Next two were just sliders in the dirt, weren't even close. I just took hacks, and I was like, I gotta hit one of these. Okay. And it was just it a was trash game. Like four balls at that point. We barely beat. We beat. It was completely my fault. Like we should have fucking smoked him. Hey. And like, and in the game, Joe, Joe was like, Matt, like wanted to talk to me, and I think fucking Suzanne Joffrey was like. You have no right to talk to him like that. I was like, that's right. And I was like, I was drunk. I was just like, not feeling. I was a little tired. I was feeling, I was feeling. Yeah, yeah. How long until we got back on the bottle after that? Sheesh. We had to go celebrate after that, Dove. April, hey, shout okay, out, let him flow. Shout out Curly because uh, that would, pickoff wise, probably the best first baseman in the league. I mean, and when he didn't get people, he was hammering them with Pound the it. absolute. The hammer of Thor on first base. Knocked, almost knocked people out when he just fucking, the glove came down on their helmet. And he didn't say sorry. He was just like, oh. But, yeah. dude, when, me and him, used to, when we did the slow pickoff, as soon as I did the slow pickoff to him, he, we, we had the fucking sound to me. He just started laughing. And, we just, and I was laughing. And I was like, we can't be laughing. And then I hit him with the quick pickoff. No one was ever ready for it. And fucking, that's the one thing I can say. Not being, trying to, trying to stay humble, but I had the, I had the quickest pickoff in the game. Even in college too, and that's that's take that to my grave. <laughs> to the grave, unreal. Just a tremendous high school career, and you were able to parlay that to a another great career at Northeastern. Uh, all-time saves record at Northeastern, if uh, if I'm right. 
Yeah, I don't know if I. I think I still. I might still have it. I haven't checked yeah. on him honestly. Because you're not. A, you're not that old. You've been. You, you know. You're not too far. Yeah, some other guys get in there, but yeah. Yeah. No. I was a. I had. A, I was a closer my sophomore year, and then I. They tried to make me a starter my junior year, and I. My fucking arm couldn't handle it. So yeah. I went back to went back to closing. I couldn't even imagine what bullpen life in college is like. You know, you just got the got the group out in the pen. You know, chilling, and then when you're called, just go dice them up. I mean, being a pit, it's it. We had to do the most running and armband training. Like we trained more than anybody on the team by far. Like we had our own workouts all the time, so it wasn't easy. But like during the games, like sitting back with a, with a dip in your mouth, fucking chilling in the bullpen. We had a brand new bullpen when I got there. Um, the sun, if the sun was out, it was fucking. I I loved it, but. My coach also kind of sucks sometimes at putting me in. He was like, all right, get warm. Fucking two pitches later, get in the game. And I'm hopping in there as the closer. It was just fucking it was it was tough, but I I love closing games was it was my favorite thing to do. Did you down. do you remember um any any hitters that you faced at the college level? I mean, obviously, you know, you pitched against Mike Yastrzemski in high school. He went on, he's playing with the Giants now. Um, kind of just came on in the majors um this past season. Any hitters? in college that you recall who who have found some success in the big leagues or maybe just the toughest hitter that you face in general at the collegiate level yeah i faced i faced a lot of good hitters after uh i forget the kid's name but he was the catcher college catcher of the year and that kid hit hit balls he had a couple against us not against me but he had a couple against us like 500 feet easy like this kid was a moose and we were, every time he got up, we were all just fucking scared. <laughs> He's gonna have to drop. <laughs> well, like, I got to play against I got to play against like Springer when he was at UConn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so nice. that was that was pretty cool. Um, we all we all yeah cheater. No, I don't know if he cheated. You don't you don't want to think he cheats because he's such a good guy, you know. But uh, he, I mean, just watching him play, his like, you could just tell him like this guy's another fucking. He's another breed like. His strides, just fucking everything he did was just so strong and smooth. Mm. Um, he's probably he was probably one of the better. He's probably the best player that I that I got to face. Um, and other than that, I mean, a lot of good guys. There's a lot of guys playing in the league right now that we, we got to face. I yeah. there's a you know a couple guys. There's one of the um, kid that I played with is was the uh, minor league player of the year. Jason Bossler on the Cubs, and wow. he was a shortstop on my team. He was a beast. Um, Aaron Chevalle is a starter on the on the Indians right now. Um, so we got some boys ball. We got some boys balling, and I, you know, Oskies. I got to play. In, I got to play in the Cape for a little bit, and uh, the kid kids that I was roomed with, they went like 26th and 27th overall, and then I also roomed with Trey Mancini. Wow. Um, Shout out to him. He's go. He just got diagnosed with cancer, so he he's literally the nicest, the nicest, most humble person, like in the universe. Just like one of the best people. So hopefully, quick recovery uh, for him, and then he gets back on it. I, I love that guy. I'm a big he fan of his. Absolute tanks too. Like everyday player in the league. Like great hitter. That's that's tough to hear. I saw that last week. But uh, yeah, I, I had no idea. That, I mean, you roomed with him. That's beautiful. Good for, I mean, great guy. Yeah. We're Snapchat friends. I hit him up. I'm like, yo, when I went to the Baltimore game, because I was with uh, Tad Gold, who was in the Mike League system for, for a bit, and we went to a game together. 
And so I got to see him there. But yeah, he's a beast. Uh, sad to hear about that, but hopefully he gets back. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, being, you know, a Boston school athlete at a Boston school, you were fortunate enough to play against the Sox uh, when they were in spring training at Fenway and, and found some, some success. Uh, you were able to dice up uh, Dustin Pedroia. So yeah. Talk about to, that a little bit. We got, I got to get the start in that game. That was the first, that was actually down in Florida. That was the, that was the first ever game at JetBlue Stadium. Um, so I was actually the technically the first ever person to pitch off the mound in, in like an yeah, exhibition. That was a fun fact. That was a fun fact. Put that on for the fun facts. Put that um, on a Snapple can. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple quick outs. My second baseman, I thought it was an error. They gave somebody a hit. I was kind of pissed. But I got fucking, I got L's there. <laughs> my changeup, my cha- I never had a good changeup. That's one thing you can say about me. It's trash. And I could never figure it out. I actually did figure it out once I became a fucking coach. Um, but, uh, I got Ellsbury on to roll over on a changeup. That that roll him rolling over on a changeup made me feel better than striking up a drawing. Like no joke. But you, it's not cool when you say it. I'm like, hey, I got I got Ellsbury to roll over a changeup. Nobody nobody cares. Um, but like I got Victorino. Victorino was the kid who hit he hit it up the middle kind of to second baseman, and my second baseman fumbled with it. Um, but I uh, I got Pedroia. I thought fairly easily like. I threw a couple two seams in on him. He w- I jammed him. He was late. Hit it out. Hit it off to the side. And Give then me the I, sequence. I, Give me the sequence. Do you have it pitch by pitch? I really don't. A hundred percent. But I know. I think. It, I know that I. I know that I got him to. I got a strike with a two seamer, which he missed by like a good amount. Like yeah. I don't think he knew. I don't know if he knew that I had, I had I two or two. And um, so, and then I think I threw a ball, same pitch, fastball. I threw ninety percent two seam fastballs in my career. Um, and, uh, threw a ball, then I threw an outside two seamer. He hit it away, laid on it, hit it on the outside, came in on him with a two seamer, jammed him, uh, threw another ball slider in the dirt. And then, and then I think he thought another fastball was coming. I hit him with another slider and he kind of twitched a little bit and he took it for a strike down the, down the middle. Oh, that's unbelievable. What, so what, what do you get him? And he strikes out. What is your reaction obviously like just the the emotion running through it's like did it set in at that point like wow i just kept up dustin madroya like i want to say you know obviously as a boston sports fan you know the utmost respect for pd but in that moment like I, I probably wouldn't do this on the mound in the time but like maybe bring out like a ricky von shop like hey how you feel <laughs> love to it's it's a hundred degrees it's a hundred degrees and i'm sweating my balls off the the stadium's completely packed which a couple games before when we played the Sox, it wasn't because it was like the first Jeppel Park was just getting open. So it was like there was, I don't know how many people can fit in that stadium, but it was packed. Um, and I just fucking struck him out and just fucking just completely acted like I've been there before. Yeah. Ah, that's the way to do it. That's the way got to the do it. Ball back, no emotion. He got the ball back, went back, and then fucking subtle Machia hit a double off the wall, off the green monster, a fucking weak double <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, fly out anywhere else. scoring a run off me. So, I mean, hey, Dill, that I mean, Pedroy is a prominent figure at that point, though. Like, he was he was, he was, he was the AL MVP the year before, the year before, the or the two years before. Yeah. So, never seen yeah. that, yeah, he hasn't seen that Lanzo, Massachusetts movement, though. Yeah, yeah, I know now it's not that cool. Like, oh, he struck up Pedroy, like, he's a fucking bomb. He doesn't no, play. Dude, he was, he was, an absolute, he, he was a year back then. He was MVP status. So, 
it was it was cool. It was cool. Did you face Poppy or no? Do you know the list of people Um, you faced? He he played BC that year. I I faced um, I faced Ellsbury, Victorino, uh, Pedroia. I pegged Johnny Gomes in the kneecap. (laughs) (laughs) He acted he acted like nothing happened. He stood there like this, like ready to hit. I pegged him in the knee. He just went. <laughs> Dropped his bat, took off his thing, went to first base. Like fuck this kid. <laughs> like, he's a hero too. That might be cool. That taking up for Troy. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I've been to hit a few eddies in my day. My ball t- sometimes it tails a little too much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fuck. I I pegged him right in the knee. He acted like literally like nothing touched him. Like nothing happened. So that was pretty funny. Subtle Machia got hit that double off me which scored which scored gomes and um and i faced uh will middlebrooks and uh yeah he, he uh grounded out that's Good for him he's a he's a walking striker i'm glad he got a bat on the ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean he's gonna is he still uh, dating jenny dollar married or whatever yeah he's married yeah. still so married to jenny d's yeah props to him oh yeah <laughs> yeah he's he's not uh he's not hurting no no, but yeah, man, fucking college was, college was a good time, man. Would uh, love to go back, but I mean, it was, I, I made, I made everything. I did what I, I did what I wanted to do there. We had fucking great times. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I know, I know those are your stories, but uh, I mean, even when I went to college, I, I told people who I played with, and I was telling my buddies that my buddy struck out Dustin Pedroia. <laughs> like, oh no way! So. I mean, your stories don't stop just there. They come for everybody, so that's that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, I'll take that one. If nobody, nobody knows. No one's gonna know who he is in like ten years, but the people who do know, it's respect. Hey, that's <laughs> prime, baby. You got him with the good stuff. No, yeah. just a just an incredible career. Uh, you know, as we said, going from a three sport athlete at Gloucester High School, excelled in all three, and and then moving on uh, to Division One school in Northeastern, and also finding success there. Uh, not many people are are able to do that, so you're you're an elite company there. Again, we're here with uh, Dylan Mackey, Gloucester's very own former Northeastern alum. And while we have you, sticks, we we got to get you on, got to get you on to our our most heralded segment, which is the broadcast. Boys, it's that time of the week. Can we get another sponsor real quick? Yeah, we get another sponsor. You can see me and Kenzie's hat. We're wearing Eiffel's Fitness. Follow them on, on, on Instagram, Eiffel's yeah. underscore fitness, E-I-F-L-E-S fitness. They came out with this new hat, this new brand. He um, wanted me to pour water on it, but we're not going to do that because then I'm going to have to clean it up. But it's kind of like very sporty. <laughs> And you look good, and you can wear it while you work out. So Eiffel's Fitness, uh, hashtag up the curve. They got a contest to win a Nike uh, Apple Watch or whatever it is. So go follow them. Um, and Dylan, let's hear your fraud of the week. I mean, it's, first of all, before I single anyone out, my fraud, <laughs> the, fraud of the, week, the fraud of the week here is someone who I, I love and adore. Um, also, I don't know if I can call them frauds because they're not like, they truly believe, I think, what they're talking about, which is the scary thing. Call, call that, them frauds. Call them frauds. So, uh, you know, you, you, you call them frauds for a few reasons, but basically all the conspiracy theorists on Facebook 
who chirp the sheep, you know, who are fucking just following mainstream media and whatnot. They're like, do your do your research, bro. Do your research. Who fucking Google something and they research. fucking they, they read they read two articles from from some psychopath that's fucking crazier than they are. And they're like, oh, I did my research. I know what's going on now. Fucking people are drinking the blood of babies, man. And they're fucking they're losing their mind. Like this pandemic, oh the fucking they did it on purpose to fucking shut that shut us up. And fucking Obama's a fucking pedophile and fucking <laughs> it's like it's like all this crazy shit. But I mean I do have to call out uh you know Chud, aka Kyle White. <laughs> Government aka Silky, Silky Smooth, uh one of my favorite people on this planet. I'm sorry. Um he posted a Facebook status that had about 20, every conspiracy theory you can think of. Like, everything. Like, Lady Gaga drinking children's blood. And fucking Trump's the only one who's trying to save the planet. And fucking, <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> some of the craziest shit that you've ever heard. I'm like, you damn, people really believe this stuff. And, yeah, um... I'm with you in the love in the love for Chud. I love Chud, but the, the, those things I it, it got to the point where I couldn't tell if he was just trying to fuck with people and get some get some uh, action on Facebook. But then the thing happened was his his brother commented, his father commented, his sister commented, and the whites were full bore just trying to bully people into it. It was unbelievable. I was fucked up because even my mom commented something. Chud like Chud like called my mom ignorant. <laughs> And my sister came in. And she was like, "Judge, you better not be going. I'll fucking smack you." And I was like, oh, my God. "This is turning into fucking Mackies versus Whites over here." But I, I go. Christian gives me, give me one good fact, and Chud, Chud hits him with like one fact about this lady who was, who was apparently arrested for child trafficking. I do some research, get some reputable sites, and he was wrong. And I messaged, <laughs> and I posted it, and I'm like, "So this one fact you came up with is incorrect. Just wanted to let you know." <laughs> and then he just didn't say anything from there. But that doesn't shut him down. Like, their confidence is not deterred. Like, they don't Unfavored. care. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, you, you, that oh that, that was like, we'll just pretend that never happened. And I'm going to go hit you with another fucking, here's a fucking YouTube video. Cabal fucking psychopaths. Do something. <laughs> you know? The worst part is you can't even comment on their post because it gets 300 comments and you get blown up all day. It's like, it's not even, I'll let you guys be ignorant on Facebook by yourselves. I'll be surprised. Always regret that comment. Always like, regret. You like, gotta turn off the notification. You get so heated no, that my... you need to say something, and then as soon as you do, you get a fit. You get like fucking three Facebook notifications, and you're like, "Oh, fucking kill me!" It's all these, <laughs> these call, call you a snowflake or whatever. I'm like, "You think I'm a snowflake? Come say it to my face." I don't know. <laughs> my favorite thing about Chud is Chud posts this huge conspiracy theory about people drinking blood and shit, like all these celebrities. And the next day, the next fucking day he posts he made like a status and it was like oh i didn't know that you all went to uh law school and uh fucking doctor school to be these professional attorneys doctor and doctors school. i'm like, I'm like chud, <laughs> chud you're the fucking blood drinking guy what do you mean you're the oh, yeah. expert on drinking blood and you're telling people they don't know shit about the law and doctorate and doctorism i don't even know what the fucking word is <laughs> <laughs> we're, but we're but we're the sheep. We're listening to the you know the mainstream. We don't do our research in the fucking on the black on the dark web and figure shit out. But anyway, uh, you know everyone has the right to their opinion, 
and uh, love no, them. Don't back up, cuz you call your friends. Don't back up. <laughs> That's what I thought. I mean, yeah, frauds have the right to their opinion too, but you know, they're still frauds. But I love them so. Joe, I, well, I love where you started right there. I'm coming into my fraud right now. And my fraud of the week is Darren Ravel. That guy fucking sucks in general. But Darren <laughs> Darren today tweeted, New Jersey sports betting handle should have topped $400 million in April. It didn't even do 15% of that. And you know what, Darren? You're coming at us with these fucking stats. Do you think there might be a reason Oh shit! That, first of all, that sports betting industry in New Jersey didn't top their four hundred million, and they they might have only done fifteen percent of that. Yeah, senior, like, what do you think? Senior sports have dropped more than to uh, a fifteen percent capacity. That might be a a fucking tweet that you might want to pump the sports betting industry up for. You know what? We what do we have? We have fucking sports. We have yeah, horse racing. And some Chinese people playing baseball at two in the morning. But if we're gonna we're gonna try to Dan, I see I'm so flustered I can't even bring it up. Fucking idiot that he he legit just sits I I think that I'm doing what he wants me to do, which is tweak out a little bit. He just puts these fucking posts up that shouldn't be there just to, I mean he's like Felger and Maz, but that really pissed me off today that he would even put in he would put a title out like that. I mean, Darren, there's sports, everything. Yeah, put a fucking dentist office stats out there. See how that's going. I bet they're going to be that guy's face. a little lower than 15%. You can't do dentists when people got fucking masks on. So fuck Darren Ravelli. Yeah. He's acting like people aren't jonesing at the bit to lay a hammer on, on their favorite team. Like, obviously, I, mean, I would love... I mean, he wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'd love to come out and flop a big one on the Celts in the playoffs right now, Darren, but I just can't. So when sports come back, that first week of sports is going to be the most insane betting of all time. Like, people are going to be throwing absolute hammers on everything. It's going to be yeah. so much fun. Like, hey, we're, best, we're, best bet in the world is no runs in the first inning of MLB games. Yeah, Huge <laughs> bet. Kenny, I love that fraud. It's, it's, and I. Uh, I always say, like, what makes the best fraud is, like, when you can feel the fire and the passion behind what you're saying. And I felt that. Like, it got to a point where you couldn't even get the words out almost. You're just angry. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'll go. I'll step up. We won't have this little back and forth, Philip, like last week. All right. So, mine, I have a uh, fraud of the week that's also our best submission of Fraud of the Week. Don't forget, we're going to post stories usually Wednesday nights or Thursday mornings. Please comment. We had about a 1,000 this week. But the best one from Kellen Field, also from me, is Doja Cat. I'll read what uh, <laughs> Kellen say. Doja Cat's a rapper, singer. I don't really know. I'm not too hip. But he said Doja Cat. Can't promise, can't promise to flash the world if a song tops the charts and not follow through. Little background, Doja Cat song Say So, remix with Nicki Minaj. She tweeted out, if Say So hits number one, I'll show you guys, I'll show you guys my boobs really hard. First of all, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Does it mean her 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 really dick hard. Is hard? Or or she's gonna show her boobs like as hard as she can. I don't know what that means, but Oh, we've seen boobs. It, Doja it's Cat? Off the charts. She went on her name's Doja Cat. 
Yeah, D-O-J-A. Doja, I think it's Doja. Is it a woman or a man? Woman. If you can see it from the front, you can see it to the back, 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 back. Yeah, that's on bangs, I can't. But still. It's a different song. Hits the charts. She go. Everyone's tweeting at her. Let's see those fucking tatas. Uh, she goes on Instagram Live and she says, "I played y'all. You're not seeing the boobs." I'll tell you what, Doja. I will never fucking listen to another one of your songs again. Fraud. Fraud. That's that is an absolute. Cut. Just play the fucking horn. Yeah. You think she's a fraud? I think everyone's a fraud. I was so mad, and the, the best part is to Google this. I googled Doja Cat boobs like I was in fucking <laughs> seventh grade again trying to fucking rip it. And I bet, I bet as, soon as, wrote, as soon as you typed in D-O, it fucking auto-filled auto, auto for you. Hey, hey, <laughs> keep refreshing, waiting to see a fresh pair of Yahoo's. Hey, quick shout through. out to uh, one of the top three moments I've been most proud of my brother in my entire life. He's on this stream, <laughs> but when he was about nine years old, we have we have a we have a recliner that can look into the the computer room, and he his little nine year old body, the, the head was poking out of the chair, and I'm looking in and I walked up and he, he just googled boobs, <laughs> and there were there were titties everywhere on the computer. The key, the key to googling boobs is you gotta take the safe search off. Safe when search safe off. It's just like bras and stuff. You take that off. I'm in the basement at Penn Corliss Ave. Ripping twig five pounds a day. <laughs> Johnny, so all, the, all the different pictures on the Google images. I hear someone step on the stairs to get downstairs. I gotta pull my pants up, exit out, clear the search history. Yeah, Rose is trying to teach Jason what chafe is. He's like, Mom, I, I understand what chafe yeah, is. I literally got chafe. Mom, but no, I already I, deleted I, the cookies. I Those computers back in the day were fucking slow as fuck and always froze. So you ever have to just like stand up in front of your computer and be like, <laughs> you know, just 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 clicking the X X X X X like you can't see it. You gotta, you gotta respect. Yeah, he didn't he didn't minimize the search in the least bit. He didn't specify what type of boobs. He had. Boobs hit me with them and just give me those boobs. We we had to take our our computer to Tiny Planet two times a month because me and my brother were just fucking. <laughs> hey, I like I like, ripping LimeWire downloading I like, videos. I like how you cut Danielle out of that. Oh, no, oh, chill, 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 chill. No, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, and I was like, wow, I was twelve years old. <laughs> I was like, those are nice boobs. Those are yeah. That's that's a very unreal. That story in itself is unreal. But the, I had no idea about this Doja Cat thing. If you're promising boobs and there's no boobs, that's fraudulent as it gets. Good one. Shout out Callan Field too. Oh, how are you? He put the he 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 threw that in with me. Yeah, post three. Post three. Easy. Day. We're on to you, cause you got the last one of the fucking day. Yeah, I do. Uh, this one pains me to say it because I'm a fan of the guy and I, and I you know, I respect his craft. And he, you've been seeing him a lot because he's out there playing video games. One, he's a big gamer. Um, my fraud of the week, you probably know him as Blake Snell, pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. Me and the boys know him as Little Timmy Snell, pitcher of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Timmy came out with a comment about having to split the revenue with with the owners. 
for coming back and playing baseball. And he's he's going on and on about how he's risking his health out there. And why I think he's fraudulent is because Timmy says that the health is first and foremost. So Timmy says everybody's health, top priority. But Timmy never said, <laughs> Timmy, I keep calling him Timmy. His name is Blake. <laughs> no, but his I'm name's going, Timmy. Yeah, his name's Timmy. Timmy seems fine with playing if he gets all of his money, which like I respect. Like, go chase the bag, Timmy. Get your money. But don't say that it's about health. Because if it was about health, you would just be like, I'm not playing at all, you know? But right. you you want the you, – you're like the, the rat. You want you want the cookie, you know? Everybody Six does. Dollars. I believe rats no. like cheese. <laughs> What's up? I believe rats like cheese, not cookies. Yeah, but we've we've had our rat endeavors in the day. They'll, they'll come after anything, guys. Gigi, I'm going to piggyback on you. The biggest thing that I had a problem with is – he kept referencing half the pay for half the games. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what, Timmy, you have a, you have a contract. Why do you think you should deserve full pay for half the game? Half that the was games. the first thing that came to my mind. Before he brought in the health and everything, the minute he brought in, like, his um, – he wants. To, he won't be able to see his family and everything. That's really the only thing that brought me to kind of side with him. But the way he talked down the game and like talked down the the half of millions of dollars that he's going to get really rubbed me the wrong way. So I'm I'm full on board with you burying Timmy Snell in his little yeah. And I, I feel like go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. I'll I tell you what, like I'm not on your side. You're not, not on, on your side. side. Okay, I, I feel like I'm on your was, side. He was saying. He was saying he's risking his life. I do not agree with that. He's not risking his life. So you agree he's a fraud? He's a fraud for that, but he's not a fraud for not taking full money. Fuck the billionaire owners well, that. Take no, no, money. I agree. I agree. Like his my don't need my issue is fucking. You got uh, what about everyday everyday workers who are who aren't making any money because they're not working. You're not working. You're not put. You're not doing anything. Lofty. And, and you want and you want and you want full pay. There's you know the nurses, the doctors, everyone who's out there in the fucking hospitals going ham like with with way more like huge like the risk is like insanely more than his risk his risk is so minimal and and he's like he's and he and he wants full pay for doing I'm going to hammer I'm going to hammer Timmy here because he physically doesn't need to be 6 feet within anybody the mound is way they're all going to get tested they got plenty of money it's like hey it's, the, the mound is way more than six feet away from anybody. If you're that concerned, go sit in the fucking seventh row by yourself and then walk out to the mound 60 feet away from people and never, ever even think about touching anyone. If you're going to be that bitchy about the fucking millions of dollars you're going to make, you shitting me? Right. Yeah, it's like, who are you, Timmy Snell, to, like... Timmy. I, I would get if it came from somebody else. Like, Timmy Snell, he's a certified... good. Certified, yeah, he's certified, about Young. Yeah, certified ace in the league. Like Timmy Snell is by no stretch of the means hurting for money. Like no, if it was, but neither are the billionaire owners. Who's going to take the pay cut? No, the I get that. I'm saying if it, if it, came, if it, if it came from a rotational player or like a guy who's scrapping to make the bigs, like I, that's one thing. But then I'm, I'm half and half. I get where he's coming from a little bit, but at the same yeah. time, I I kind of. Don't. I think 75% of the players probably agree with him, and he's the only one to speak up. No, I will say, why he's fraudulent in my mind is he said, 
his statement was like the health is first yeah, I don't and agree foremost. With that. But then if your health is first and foremost, why are you even opting to play at all? You want to play if you can get your money, which he should, I have no said, problem with. He but should don't have just say fuck the owners. It's about fuck the health. The but besides right. the center right. besides the center fielder, he is the second most guy who is in no contact with anybody on that field. I just think he could say the owners can say it's a business when they trade someone. He can say it's a business. I signed a contract. That's fuck, fine. Fuck I, you, I will roll with that. Fuck you, billionaire right. owners. Like you know what I mean? But I, and it makes sense. The pro the pro rated money makes sense. Right. You, you you get you know you you get what you fucking work for, and that's what you get paid for. You know. I guess. I guess. Hey, not I to mention you're going out. You're going out there one every five days if the season happens go the fuck home i mean you can't go home because your family and everything but like i mean if if a catcher if a catcher came and said this shit would be a little different for me because they have the ump up their rear they have 40 40 batters a night right in their grill but i mean as a pitcher you're you might be the second least person worried i mean obviously yeah. getting dug out but uh you're pretty yeah. Far removed from people on the baseball field, and everybody, yeah, well, all those like, players, are going to be getting tested. Like, they're going to be getting tested a bunch, even though testing's not 100% accurate, obviously. But it's like you're playing for one of the most wealthy, you know, leagues. Yep. In fucking in the entire world, like you're going to be taking every precaution. Like you're going to be mean, getting every, every benefit of the. You know, as like, far as the testing goes, the UFC just did this this past weekend. They, I mean, obviously the the MLB would have to test. At a, Every day. <laughs> no, at a way more severe level because yeah. of the amount of bodies involved. But the UFC did an event with no fans. Um, they actually disqualified. I mean, I wouldn't use the word disqualified, but they sent one contestant home because he tested positive. Right. But out of the, I want to say maybe like 20 fighters at most, out of like a couple thousands of tests, one tested positive. So, I mean, everybody's trying to do their do their due diligence and do this. And I, I, I kind of understand where Timmy is coming from, but at the same time, the emphasis he put on his money is really what got to me. And, right. And rather, he brought the health up to a second point rather than his money and his family at one point. If he was just, if he was just straight up and said, "Fuck it, I deserve this much money," I, I don't think he's the problem. I would, said, I would have been on board if he said, "Fuck it, I'm not, not playing for any amount of money. I'm worried about my health." Sure. Do, do you at that point? But the minute that you're bringing in half the money for you half like the, the pay, no, but I, I honestly get what he's saying. But when he wanted full money for half the games, I was like, bud, what's what's the deal? Yeah. Go but even yeah, like you said, Kenny, like obviously like can, him not being able to see his family aside, like I 100% understand that point. But you're a professional athlete and you're going to get the chance to compete in granted half a season of baseball. But any baseball is a plus at this point. And you're very well off with your money. And you're going to have, like you said, a ton of testing. Like, as far as going into any workforce goes, a professional sport's going to be the safest out there in terms of entering your workforce. So you don't have, like, the competitive – I don't want to say it doesn't have the competitiveness, but you don't want to go out there with your team and compete as a professional baseball player because you might be sacrificing half of your salary, which for that year is probably – North of seventy-five million dollars. Oh, Take a seat. Yeah, I just think when no matter how much you make, you want what you deserve. Like, yeah, he deserves that much money. He signed a contract. Whatever. 
We're gonna, we how did argue about this all week. How many you people in the U.S. again paid their entire their full their full salary for only working half their half their job? No, the thing is, the people that actually deserve it. I mean, I'm working every day. I'm getting paid my full salary. I absolutely don't deserve it compared to what the healthcare workers are going through. And I mean, they're dealing with everybody. No matter who walks in, they're putting the masks on for 12 hours a day. I don't have to do that. I can work from home if I want. So there's like a big discrepancy from the people who actually deserve the the money who aren't getting, I mean, they're getting their money, but not the same money that some people who currently aren't working are getting a bonus technically. But I mean, the the last part I'll bring about bring up about Timmy Snell is he, he brought it to fruition on a fucking Twitch stream. On a fucking Twitch stream, dude. If you want to talk about sports, go on television and sports. Because I, I, I understand. I understand. But if you're going to start like talking to people in your comments and shit and like the people trying to go you go take a fucking walk yeah I, by the way i saw him in one of his first starts ever let up about 14 <laughs> let up about 14 runs at fenway so fuck him i just here's my final point you guys are siding with the owners you guys are siding with no the i'm owners. not siding with oh, the owners no, no, no. Siding with so, his so either he because... takes a pay cut or he doesn't play and if he doesn't play that means the owners won't take a pay cut so it's either on him or the owners get or like we hate him i don't know no. My, I don't hate anybody. This is my last statement on Timmy Fraudulent Snell. The only reason he's on this fucking cast is because he said health and safety is first and foremost. Oh, I then agree with saying, the broadcast. I then agree. he's saying, yeah. I'll play if you give me all my money. Like, what? Right. Yeah. Okay. It's he's fun. a fraud. That's just a all fraud. Right. All right, Curdy. You didn't tell us your fraud. Let's hear it. It better not be me because I'll fucking hang up on you. Jason, you know it's absolutely you. You're my fraud of the week. <laughs> and you know why? Do you want to know why? They call him producer Jason. He's introed to every show for that, but I just don't understand what he produces because it's not videos. He doesn't edit anything. All he has to do is post a goddamn Insta post, I don't know, maybe three, four times a week when I send him 10 videos. What's he do? All of Saturday this week. All of I'm Saturday. It's 20, I'm on a diet. 24 hours worth of Saturday. There is not a single post the day after an episode airs. Cheat day. Curtis, kill him. Cheat day? That's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. First of all, it takes maybe 10 seconds to get the freaking email, download it, and put it on an Insta story and slap a caption on it. That is the most fraudulent thing of all time. So I, I just want to strip him of the producer title at the beginning Whoa, of the show. No, oh, no. Right. All right. Here's my defense. Wow. Hold wow. on. That's, I, that's, got, that's, I got more. <laughs> my other part of the fraud of the week is Chris we've Stanza, been... You know what, Jerry? <laughs> we've got more of the fraud here. It's his Mac update that he's been claiming to have now for five well, the episodes. The computer, the computer is too old. old. Well, guess what, Jay? Maybe figure something out. I've recommended, like, Gmail. Go on the Gmail drives and see if you can edit videos from there. You're offering you know, nothing to this team right now as a producer. That update's fighting through a thousand naked women. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. First of all, I started this four years ago as the internet guy. And I started this. I told Kenzie and Adam, I'll post your clips. They called me producer. Day one, am I going to fucking argue with that? No. Second off, we have 323 Instagram followers. You have 309. 
You had like three sixty oh, fuck, dumbass fucking clip, and you guys lost sixty because your content sucks. I'm the Instagram guy. You can call me the Instagram guy. I'm fine with that. But I'll tell you something. <laughs> we got more Insta followers. Wait, wait. I have a cheat. I'm, I'm, no. I'm on a diet. Monday through fr- Sunday through Friday. Saturday is my cheat day. I cannot be posting on my cheat day. All I'm on doing is eating and drinking and playing golf. You Jason, cannot expect me. You act. You act as if those followers came from your videos, but you did nothing to produce those videos. You just copied and produced it. Oh, so you're not a producer. Don't I never said you're I not was a producer. producer. He just said it. I want it in the title every single time. Not producer Jason Vizina. Just the guy who gets a fucking video from a Gmail email and posts it to Instagram. We could hire a goddamn monkey to do that. Hey, I'm an Instagram guy. Hey, stop talking to my fucking producer like that. No, no. I I wasn't a part of when they did the radio show. I wasn't a part of that. I didn't produce that. All I did was post content. And that's all I do now is post content. Can I, can I step in? Sure. I kind of, one day I was kind of buzzed up and I just told, I was like, Jay, you want to produce the cast? And he didn't really answer me. And I kind of threw him as the producer, which is great because I love his, I love him being here and everything. But yeah, I mean, you can rip at him all, but he's my guy. So I don't know. We need another computer. I'll produce it. I'll, I'm a, produce I'll it. buy a fucking And I'll computer. tell you what, once I produce it, we'll probably be at a thousand followers. Ooh. Next thing you know. We're fucking at 10,000 and 20,000, and you're still at 309. <laughs> this, is, this is just so a lot of you slander. Have to, you, have to cut, you have to cut that head shake. So, that was unreal. Uh, we can't see you because you're frozen, which is also part of a, a producer's job is to maybe get some good Fuck Wi-Fi at the frozen. establishment. We have, Listen, we have we Comcast. people playing PlayStation in other rooms. That's not there are bad. some low blows being thrown here. We cannot do anything. Of the belt blows. We cannot do anything about our roommates playing PlayStation. I can't believe Dylan hasn't hang, hung up yet. He's still <laughs> kicking <laughs> Broadcast. That's all it. I got. No excuses. I was fucking at a 39 through 8, and then you texted me, and I got a 7 on the 9. That's what That's what I get for you fucking rattling. Wow, that's a good score. So yeah. you, you were, you were rattled because you didn't post anything for almost 48 I, hours going into Sunday. Off. I was golfing. Yes. <laughs> Let me golf. I almost, I almost put that picture out today. Can someone make a meme where it's uh, it's Jason? I am a producer. And it's, okay, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Best meme of all time. Okay, kill but, him. Okay, kill him. Kill him. Are we still on him? Ooh, Adam. Yeah, you guys do have to wrap the show up Kurt, at some point. Kurt, I'll tell you this. I'll make a deal. I'll be the internet guy, you be the producer, we got the talent, clearly you guys don't, and we'll take this thing to the moon. Jay, you acting as if you have any say in your Insta followers, based off of videos and content that I produce, is insane. You don't produce it, you just, yeah, I mean, you cut it up. I can, I can do that if I do it, like, what do you mean? Guy, that's producer. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but it's go, like go you pee. did it. What what did you do? You cut it up. Go, go oh, would you like to do would you <laughs> like me to just <laughs> not do that? If I'll just not do it. No, if my laptop could do it, I would do the same thing. I'm not buying it. We don't have this support. We don't have the tech support. Go pee. I will not buy a laptop. I will. Get out of here. He's cutting everything. Go out of here. You you acting like you're the only one that could 
use iMovie and cut up a video. No, like, I'm I not. can do it. I'm not. I, don't, I just have the laptop. This might be Jason, the last you, podcast. You three have produced nothing to get Instagram to where it is. So bear me any ridicule or bullshit that's coming at the Brown Bag Lunch Crew, which supports you 100% to get you those followers. All right, I'm going to cut you guys off right there. Hey. Again, so now, now it's me, Jason. What do you do? Have the same amount of followers with Jimmy, It's gonna be the guy from Fairly Odd Parents. Just saying, internet. All right, okay. next week I'm Please done. No, no, don't no, listen no. to him. Hey, stupid. hey, hey, Jason. What do you do? Internet. Hey, he's gonna kill us. Okay, kill him. All right, there you have it. One of my favorite segments of the frogcast sounds like it's going to be our last segment is there of the like frogcast. a send out where everyone just how do you guys finish up the thing when you, everyone just goes beneath the hey, hey vizina and curtis have been battling for a couple years i hope this doesn't actually break the camel's back because this would be an all-time death for a lot me. of conflict no, but it was. Uh, if, if this is truly our last one, it's been an incredible run. Hopefully, we can uh, mend some broken bridges. He's perfect. But right? sticks. It's it's been a, a pleasure having you on the pod with the Beneath the Bar boys. Thanks for having me, boys. Again, if if you haven't Please. checked them out, check out Mackie Moving Company. Um, they're going to be kind of sweeping the scene here in, in the Northeast, but also, as we've heard, stretching down the Eastern Seaboard as well. So, yeah. Mackie Moving Company, making moves. Making moves, baby. If Mackie. you're thinking about moving, you're Mackie. thinking about Mackie. Thanks I like for coming that. on, because I, uh, I, I personally can't wait till we get back to the local watering hole. Um, oh, my God. Meet you, Malloy, Phil Pot, Connor, for a little uh, 12 to 12 shift. If you know what I'm saying, and let, uh, and let everybody take care of themselves, we'll get the we'll get the spirits uh, moving. But um, Curtis, Curtis, I want to put on record that Jason Vizina has formally signed to me that he's apologized to you, and he still wants you to cut all of our clips. Never, I'll never apologize. <laughs> I'll never apologize. To you. On that <laughs> note, we're we'll getting going off. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in. Me. Keep sharing. Keep listening. We appreciate y'all. This is the Beneath the Bar Boys. <laughs> Along with Dylan D Sticks Mackey signing out. Play the Rippers! My eyes open. I'm hoping that my wallet isn't far. I got a really strong feeling it's still chilling at the bar. So I drop the blind sunshine's in my face. But dude, where's my car? It ain't in the right place. Let's see, the last time I had it, I was half in the back. And I was whipping through town with some rap music blasting backseat for the twisted souls. We killed the dirty fireball in a couple bowls. It's how we do. And it was just about the proper time to drop the vehicle. I swang it in the lot behind the Papaginos. Jake walked right across the street. It wasn't easy keeping Tinky up on his feet, but we didn't step what up to the bounces there. I bought around for myself as the people.